Are you ready to find the missing link in your wellness journey? Do you want to learn how specialized women-owned businesses can collectively help you achieve the goals you want for your mind, body, and soul? Hi, my name is Dr. Kelly Alhui, founder of Orthopelvic Physical Therapy, and Molly Atala, former teacher and manager of Orthopelvic. Together, we are on a mission to help women know that there is help for whatever their needs are. From cosmetic tattoo artists to naturopath doctors, we break down different methods and treatment that women may not know are available to them by drastically improving their quality of life. We believe that no one can achieve the results they desire going down one path with one practitioner. And that is why we come together to collaborate. This podcast is for all women, especially for those who want more information on improving their overall well-being and would like to learn about methods and treatment and care that they may be unaware of. So let us connect the pieces of the puzzle for you. While listening, you will learn about local female-run businesses and understand that when providers work together to have a collective approach, we can reach the best outcomes for you. Let's get into today's episode. You brought up the feeding refresher class that you took, and that was such a fun evening that we spent that together. So I mean, yeah, I say I said about all my feeding classes, but you guys were particularly fun because again, like you really had been through it. And so we developed the feeding refresher because a lot of times people do maybe have not a great experience with their first baby in terms of baby feeding. Or maybe they just want to try a different feeding method or get like a, just brush up on it. And so that is something that did not exist. And Tiffany and I have made, I think every product and service that we have created is because it's something that we needed. And those, the breastfeeding class that you take at the hospital, that's very like one size fits all Mm -hmm. was not enough for us. We took that with our first babies. And then we got home and we were like, wait a second. How, who teaches you how to pump or combo feed with formula? Who teaches you how to wean? Molly, when you said that you started to feel badly, like hormonally mm-hmm. when you weaned, nobody told me to expect that. And when I was going through my CLC training, there are so many good physiological reasons why that happens. And if we were only more prepared for it, it wouldn't be so shocking, but I, that was not covered in the classes that Tiffany and I took. And there was no place to go if you had already had a baby, but you wanted to learn something different about feeding. There was no place where you could learn how to introduce a bottle or a cup. So we have consults, classes for all of those things now because we really need them ourselves. And there was not a place to just really learn like the mechanics of what's happening in all of those different scenarios so that we could then make good decisions for ourselves. Because as a CLC, I can't possibly prepare you for every possible scenario, right? I can't prepare you for every type of birth and every type of early postpartum experience. But if you understand how hormones work and you understand how your body makes milk and you understand what is a reasonable and realistic expectation of your baby's eating and sleep, then you can make good decisions based on whatever sort of your life throws at you because you really understand the fundamentals. And then you can feel like you have options and want people to feel like they have a choice, not that they're backed into a corner and are picking from a variety of bad options. We really have found through our research with our clients that the parents who look back on their postpartum experience the most positively, it's not because everything went correctly, went right, or went the way they thought it was going to. It's because they felt like at any of those inflection points that they had options 
And that's really all we can ask for. And so we help people explore those options and pick and pivot if things don't work out like they think they would. And again, we have clients who have been through some really challenging things. We have clients now who have had two babies <laughs> during pandemics, right? This has lasted yeah. that long. And some of them are still really happy about their experience, not because it went perfectly, but because they felt like they were controlling the things that they could control. They felt confident, they felt supported. And that's all any of us can really ask for. Absolutely. And I think, like you said about just having certain conversations and knowing that certain things will arise is so powerful. I know the things that my husband and I had spoken about and things that I said, Hey, we need to watch out for X, Y, Z. When those things came up, we felt so much less ruffled and rattled because we said, Oh, here's this thing that we knew might happen. Let's go back to our options and discuss how we're going to handle this. It is a game changer because unlike with my feeding experience where, you know, all the support that I thought was going to be there wasn't there. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Kelly IBCLC. I'm on everything. I'm trying to take, I didn't know that you could save things on Instagram. So I'm screenshotting, I'm putting in a folder. <laughs> was not the savviest, still not the savviest, but that was so hard. And like with combo feeding, we started combo feeding at one month and I could not find, I was like, someone give me some gosh darn resources on this. I was so frustrated about and, how much and this baby and that baby and the yes. friggin' what to expect. And the worst part is that I don't know, Molly, if this was your experience, but Tiffany and I found that people are, I don't know if it's a trend or if it's like a backlash against this idea that we don't prepare parents, but we find that people tell you a lot of the really scary stories. You hear mm -hmm. the bad stuff, you hear pretty bad stuff, yeah. especially when you're expecting. And that is, I think it's sometimes one tension because people do want to prepare you. Like you said, you want to know what those obstacles are before they come down the road. But at the same time, it's not enough to just hear the scary stories and know what bad stuff could happen. Like you need to have a plan for what to do if or when it does. And that's where new and expecting parents do not get that support that they need at all. Because it's one thing to know, I think most people having babies now know that mental health know a little bit about mental health issues for both, whether it's you're a solo parent or you're partnered, whether you're a birth parent or not. I think we all know that can be an issue, but what do we do about it? What do we do about it? Especially when mental health care is expensive. It's not accessible to a lot of people. What are you supposed to do? So it's not enough to know that those things could be problems. And somebody like you, who's a researcher and really proactive about it is that's wonderful but you have to have, there has to be resources, there have to be answers out there. And that's still something that we have found is pretty hard to come by. I completely agree. And I do want to just ask you, because you've referenced so many of the amazing need-born, need-based resources that you guys have and all of your offerings, but could you go through, tell me what are some of the most popular offerings or tell us all your offerings, whatever, give me a sure. bullet list, whatever you want to do. I'd love to just hear it in one place because we've referenced so many gems and I would love for people to hear more of a laundry list. Yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of do it chronologically. So once you know that you're expecting a baby, there's that moment of, Hey, I knew there were things to do. What do I do now? And so we have a couple ways that we can support those parents. We can sit down and do a postpartum planning session. You can do that at any point where, again, we have that postpartum planning toolkit that I referenced. So it's an ebook. It's like over a hundred pages of tips and then a workbook, and it can be totally self-guided. You can work yourself through it and make a postpartum plan. But a lot of people like to sit down and do at least one consult over like FaceTime or Zoom and just walk through their unique circumstances. 
and we'll talk to them and their partner or their support person and actually create a physical plan. So that printable postpartum planning toolkit is really useful. We have a checklist bundle so people can make sure that they have their hospital packing checklist and their list of jobs that are really good for delegating when people want to help you, but they don't know how. List of ways to keep your primary relationship strong after baby. So those are things you can work through on your own before your baby arrives. You can also take my feeding class. So if you're a first time parent, that class comes with a postpartum consult because it's one thing to sit for two hours and learn all the mechanics, but as you well know, once you start feeding your baby, then you have to put all that into, that into practice. And so I do virtual consults once the baby comes home to talk through how it's going, look at latch, look at bottle feeding, positioning, whatever is needed. And then we offer the virtual postpartum support. So we have two different ways we do that. Some people really like like a weekly check-in. So mm-hmm. that's probably our most popular offering in postpartum is we touch base after your baby's born and plan that first chat. Usually the first call is we talk about the day you met your baby, whatever that looked like and process that together, talk about how sleep and feeding is going. And then we check in with you once a week. You can get text support if you, if that's helpful as well. And it's so nice to hear the feedback from our clients because the way that they put it, there was this really great feedback, piece of feedback that we got recently, which is like, it's like we're having a really supportive, really smart friend on call. And that's what we want to be. So we bring all of our diverse training into that to support new families. And those are really fruitful, wonderful conversations always. And then for some people, they just want that text message support. So we have a one-time call where we talk about the birth and we talk about them meeting their baby and how those early days are going. Then we support them with text via texting, which is really helpful to a lot of people. Absolutely. Uh, If I could interject to speak to that for a moment, that is, and I feel like new parents, please do not underestimate this because when your baby is born, there are going to be 1000 things that happen every day that you're just going to say simply, what the fuck you're just going to be truly. So I just don't, is this normal? Is this not how many wet, how many poopy, how many it is, the list goes on and on. And if you you plan these, these gals fill up, especially Tiffany will be on maternity leave by the time that this goes out of there. If you have these prepaid pre-scheduled and you can put for your registry, you can have your postpartum support fund and have, have a relative pay for this and oh my get gosh, this going all the time. All yes, the time. A group of friends will get in together and they'll, they'll purchase a packet for somebody. It's they, huge. People, like you said, people can register for it. It is the, you need, you actually need very little when your baby is born in terms of stuff. There are a few key things you need, but we do not allocate enough funds or thought to this support. Absolutely. And the good thing about us is that we can work with, we have had clients internationally. So if you have a friend who's in Texas who wants to make sure you feel supported in Virginia, then they can do that. So yes, absolutely. People do register for that. And then again, we kind of stick with clients throughout the first year plus. And again, all these offerings developed because there was a client need or because we saw that there was a need. And uh, so we do a feeding transitions consult. Those are really popular mm-hmm. where maybe you do want to change feeding methods or you're ready to introduce a bottle. So you have a little more flexibility or you're going to switch to a cup. So that's, imagine you're getting the, my feeding expertise and training, but we're not talking about those early days of chest feeding or formula feeding anymore. We're talking about a slightly older baby and what that can look like if you're or ready back to, to work. Feed our back to work consults. Oh my God. That's huge. That is huge. And 
especially now because back to work doesn't always mean like back to the office anymore. For some people, it just means their child is going to childcare and they're going to be working from home. Or maybe you're a teacher who's going back into the classroom. Maybe you are going back to an office. And just we've talked about planning for postpartum. You can do the very same thing for when you return to work after your leave. And that is, I would say, arguably, it's just as emotional and highly anticipated of a transition as when you first have your baby. And so with us, you're talking through the emotions, but you're also talking through the practicalities. What is division of labor going to look like when I'm not on maternity, paternity leave anymore? How are we going to just walk through our, let's walk through the schedule of our days. And so what we actually do with clients is we sit down and go, okay, what time do you have to start work? Let's work backwards and let's talk about what your schedule is going to look like. Who's going to do daycare drop-off? Who's going to do pickup? What questions do you need to ask your daycare? All of those logistics things, but it's from people who have training and experience and expertise. So that's where we can really help people. And that's another really popular service. And so a lot of times we have, of course, the clients return. So we work with them before the baby's born and then all the way through when they go back to work. Absolutely. And another thing too, about if I want to have postpartum calls or check-in texts or whatever it is, that is also just as useful when you have, when you're adding another child into the mix and you're navigating those emotions of mothering or parenting more than one child of how do you feel towards your eldest? How do you feel towards your baby? How are you making that work? And many things that we simply, when your sleep is so severely affected, it's really hard for you to form memories and it's really difficult. And sometimes we do, there are so many things. If you think, Oh, I've, I really went through it all with my first baby. And then you have another baby. You're probably not going to remember <laughs> everything that you needed. So Just so many holes. There are so many things we spent a lot with like baby feeding is a good example. So for my clients who have chest fed, maybe their most recent experience was with a slightly older baby, like a baby that could support yes. their own head. And you really forget, and I know this because I was this way with all three of my kids. You're in the hospital with the boppy or your pillows and you're like, oh my gosh, I forgot how tiny they are. And oh, they mouth. really don't, yeah, their little mouth, they really don't know how to eat. I can't remember how to tell if they're even getting milk, all of those things. So yes, absolutely. Just because you're a repeat parent does not mean it's going to be the same experience. It can be a better experience, but it's going to be different. And like you mentioned, a lot of times when I do my feeding refresher, we're talking about different sorts of things. If you have a two-year-old and you're feeding a baby, how do you keep the two-year-old entertained while you're giving the baby a bottle? All of those sort of logistical, tactical things that you either have to live <laughs> to figure out or you let us help you because we've been through it. Those are all things that, that absolutely we do with clients. And I wish I should have saved a little bit more time for this. There's just, I could talk to you for four days, but I know. Um, I know. I clearly as you guys, you and Tiffany, both career switching, both moms, your business, it turned out to be a virtual model, which is so awesome for you guys. Yeah. But I think a lot of clearly we're interviewing female and small businesses, and we are trying to connect our clients and our listeners to these amazing services. But for people, I'd love to, if you could speak to women who are thinking about starting a business or maybe they work and they want to try a lot of, I feel like with COVID, a lot of women have started side hustles due to gaining the time back of not commuting or things like right. that. Like what would you guys have such a, and you have such a unique perspective and you're a mom of three and you're homeschooling and you're running yeah. a small business. That is absolutely incredible. And you're making sure that it works for you. Like how do you and Tiffany, um, how do you draw those boundaries for your business? How do you make sure that you are having a sense of 
fulfillment in the business and also honoring your clients and honoring your family. It's a very delicate dance. And I feel like you guys are definitely role models. And I would love if you could share some more about that with us. Thank you. Those are very kind words. We have an advantage because we have each other. Tiffany is just, if I could brag on her a little bit, she is amazing. She's very kind, very warm. She's a great mom. And she is, when I watch her work, she's just so supportive and understanding with our clients. She's wonderful. But on the back end of the business, she's really amazing too. So in terms of her graphic design skills and her organizational skills, she and I are both, I would say type A tend to be perfectionists, which is good and bad. We're different in many ways, but in terms of our basic values and how we work, we're very similar. Whether you have a business partner like she and I have in each other, or whether you just have folks that you either outsource some of your stuff to, or that you just can talk to about business, Mm. I would say have somebody in your corner because it's really, it's a lot. It's a lot to start a business. And you want to have people with similar values who are similarly driven to you, who understand what that life is like. So she and I lean on each other a lot because we're the only other person who really understands what it's like to be in like a sister and the unique pressures and the unique joys of this business. So I would say find a group of like-minded people, or at least one other like-minded, like a business buddy that you can talk to and lean on. You don't even have to be in the same field, but I would say somebody who has a similar setup that, that you do is really important. I'd say that would be the first one. The second one, and this is a little maybe controversial, And this might not work for everybody, but we are very much a values-based business. So we made the decision early on that our moral compass, our just general values and beliefs about things like inclusivity are going to guide our business. So we do not make a differentiation between the personal, the political business value that we hold. And so for us, that's super energizing in terms of the charitable organizations that we support as a business, in terms of the type of clientele that we want to work with. And it is, it gives us a lot of energy as business owners, especially on those difficult days, because we truly are living our values through our business. So we are not for everybody. Everybody is not for us. We do have a very specific perspective about health, wellness, but just also about being a human. Yes. And that is extremely energy giving for us as a business. So we, and we found that every time we make a decision that's values-based or we share our values, whether that's on social media or with our clients, we grow. It has not ever been a detriment to us. So that has worked out really well for us. And then we practice what we preach. You mentioned boundaries. That's such an important one. Tiffany and I prioritize our mental health. We are, we do as much as we can in terms of practicing good boundary setting that starts with boundary setting with ourselves and with each other, but also with clients and everybody in our lives. So we would be very disingenuous to teach our clients how to do that if we weren't doing it ourselves. So we do prioritize our self-care and our mental health, our physical well-being, all of those things. Tiffany going on maternity leave is a really good example. So we help clients... (laughs) literally do exactly what she is doing. And as a small business owner, it's really hard to take leave. 
And so we did a lot of postpartum planning. Just this past weekend, I did her feeding refresher class for her and we worked on her postpartum plan because again, we practice what we preach. Those things are really important. She is going to take a true maternity leave. And so we did all the best business practices to set it up so that she can truly focus on adjusting for being a mom of one to a mom of two. And she's mm. going to luckily share all that wisdom with us. We are, we will be hearing from After her. her because, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of course she's going to take all of that hard won wisdom and share it with our clients, but she is going to truly take a break. And as a small business owner, you just, that's there's very, nothing scarier. There's right. nothing scarier. It's right. so hard. Your, your income is dependent on you working one-on-one with people that's super challenging. I'm really proud of her. She's done a lot of work to prepare for her leave. And I know that it's going to be a really wonderful transition for her. And she's going to be very busy enjoying that brand new baby. And I can't wait to enjoy her too, my brand new niece, but I'm sure she'll have challenges along the way. And she's going to share that with our clients. And that's going to be make, just make her better at what she does and make us better as a company and as care providers. So I'm really excited for that. One thing that I would suggest to being on the back end of a small business that I think some people don't always think about, I know you guys do, but bedtime, it's really important to establish with yourself a bedtime because it's really easy, especially if you are doing work after kid bedtime, which so many of us have to do. And I know you guys, I'm sure I did my feeding consult with you after the kid's bedtime and you need to establish that boundary for yourself. We know you're not going to be able to do this every night, but research, especially with a little baby, but in general, if, if you're starting a small business, research shows that you should be going to sleep and waking up within no more than half an hour of the same time every day. And in order to preserve your energy, just because you feel like you have a little buzz of being able to keep working and keep pushing through and I'll be okay tomorrow on less sleep, you're forming a habit that's going to really detrimentally affect you and then in turn affect your clients and your business. And I am a higher sleep needs person. So this is definitely coming from a personal place. I do have an early bedtime and I am not up at 4.30 or 5, even though I go to bed early. But that's something I've noticed too with Kelly. Yeah, it's a big boundary. And I've noticed that with Kelly and speaking to that like business group as well, like Kelly has a group of out of network pelvic PTs that she does like a mastermind with. And if there are, you can find like those specific things out there. One of our other podcast interviewees, Chloe Powell, real estate agent, she also has a really big passion and a really great talent for working with women. She transitioned from a corporate bio research job into being her own residential real estate agent and kind of building this company. So she's also passionate. That's somebody that you can look at and go back and listen to that episode. If you're looking for someone who maybe is not in your field, but is also going to prioritize just the highest care. I think that's something I hope that you all will find on all of these episodes is that we are really talking to people who do align with our values and who really do. And those values are caring for others, caring for yourselves. And just knowing that, like you guys said, so it's really important for you to have, to not divvy up the political and the business and the professional, like that's important. That's a part of how you guys can engage authentically with the world. That's a huge thing for you. Yeah, It'd and be, it's, it's, it's values. It's about your values. Yes. Right? It's even bigger. We throw around this phrase like political, but I think we all know it's bigger than that. It's about, it's, it is a question of values and all of the, we have to really, things have to be from a, an authentic place, right? You guys are so good about that. You're the way that you manage your business. You're a women run business and you really promote the values that I know you guys have personally through your professional 
everything about your professional brand. You and I talked about this sort of offline, but when I came in as a patient, one of the things that I really learned from your providers is I was just ready to, I wanted to get better. I was just like, Mm. push through. I was going to push through the pain. And one of your providers noticed me kind of like wincing during my initial, my initial intake, I had really hurt my lower back. And I was like, no, just keep going. It's fine with one of the treatments. And she was like, no, (laughs) you're not healing when you are like gritting your teeth and pushing through the pain. And I just thought, isn't that just the perfect example of what we do to ourselves as parents, as business owners, as employees, as partners, is we just like grit our teeth and just think, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna barrel on. And 99.9% of the time, that is not the answer. Um, Whether that is in how you feed your baby or dealing with postpartum depression or starting a new business. Again, because it's not about how it looks, it's about how it feels for you. And long-term, the benefits are not gonna be there, whether it's in physical healing or in anything else, learning how to be the type of parent you wanna be. You just grit, grit your teeth and pull, push through and stay up till 4 a.m. You're exactly right, Molly. That is just not, that is a very outdated, I would say, patriarchal, hierarchical way of yeah. doing business. And we are not all about that, right? Yeah. And that's something I would say too, just with, you know, not pushing through is also don't expect yourself to show up the same or to show up in any sort of specific way, like not being too attached to your own preconceptions about yourself, whether that's what is my body going to look like postpartum, whether that is what type of parenting style am I going to espouse? What type of baby feeding is important to me? All of these different things, as Candy said, you really need to sit with yourself and know how that feels for you. So an example would be, I referenced earlier that I really thought that I would be breastfeeding my child until like at least age two. And then when I was breastfeeding and we did have issues and we were able to go to the bottle and pump and then reintroduce the breast like three months later. And he loved breastfeeding. It was just all these crazy things, but I did not like my body being needed in that way. It was a lot for me, like sensory wise. Yeah. Thank you for admitting that because people, that is a really common way that our clients tell us that they feel, but they feel some shame around being honest about that when really that is probably more the norm than not. Yes. And you do feel like, but this is the best thing for my baby. So I need to push through, but the best thing for your baby is just a parent who feels their best. And so I think I would just say Say that like 10 more times. Yeah. It's just, don't feel pressure. Don't put pressure on yourself to show up in any kind of way. And like Candy said, just really, and do the work when you're pregnant of tuning into how certain things feel because your body is so smart. Your soul is so smart. And they're going to tell you things. If a certain person asks you that's in the family that they want to come afterwards and your gut does like a little twinge, That's telling you something. Don't tell that person that they can visit you in your postpartum if it doesn't feel comfortable for you. That's just, it doesn't matter what position they hold in your family. If you're having a home birth and your mother-in-law wants to attend and you don't want your mother-in-law there, then draw that boundary. Like just listen. We have to listen to how we feel. But it's hard. It's really hard to do that. Sometimes it's hard to look at your own life and realize that those matters that you need to be drawn. And then Mm -hmm. even if you do know that, it's really hard to come up with what to say and how to do it. And so Tiffany and I spend a lot of time with clients on that. We will like role play with people and actually talk through, these are the things, like, let's talk about what you're going to say. And it, we have like great feedback from them about when they actually put those things into practice, but you one need somebody who has been there and who's done it and who's helped coach other people through it. 
to walk through that with because it's super intimidating. It's a lot easier to do it for somebody else than it is to do it in your own life, especially if there's any disagreement, like not both partners might not always agree on what the boundaries should even look like. So we do a lot of that and we do a lot of that sort of coaching and our clients tell us it's super helpful. It's important to have that practice. Your prefrontal, for me, I don't like conflict. My prefrontal cortex, my decision-making, I will go into fight or flight. I will fawn. I will freeze. It's not a good scenario unless I have practiced that with, like you said, with somebody who is knowledgeable and can help you parse, you might just feel like I need to say this because I need to say this and I don't feel good. But what is a way that you can make that palatable to the other person and feel confident standing by what you've said that you've been firm and that you've been kind. That's a hard thing. And you guys can facilitate that. Thank you. And what gets left out of the conversation a lot, we were just having this conversation on our social media with some of our followers is that because this idea like has become trendy, we're all setting boundaries now. It's wonderful. It's the new self-care. It's the new self-care. The part that gets left out of the conversation though, is that a lot of us, we see this with our clients, feel the need to set such firm boundaries that sometimes they back themselves into a corner. Mm. And you mentioned earlier, like you have to be open to what your unique experience is going to look like. And I would say yes. And I would add to that, but it's okay to have goals. It's okay to have Mm. a goal for how you want to feed your baby. It's okay to have a goal for how you want to feel. I think that we give this, give expecting parents, especially this idea that everything's out of your control. So I don't have any preconceived notions, but I fundamentally, I know Tiffany agrees. Like, I don't, we don't agree with that. It's okay to have a vision and a goal. You just be flexible on how you get there. Similarly, boundaries are a wonderful thing, but only if they aren't limiting you. So if you feel the need to consistently hold really strong boundaries, you may get to a point where you have said, I don't want this or this. And then when the baby arrives, and you've maybe changed your mind, or you feel even a little bit differently, you maybe have removed some of those options. So that's another thing that we do that I think makes working with us different than just reading a book or getting some information off social media is that we talk through, okay, how can we make these boundaries flexible so that we really get the support that we need because you don't know how you're going to feel after your baby's born. You haven't even met your baby yet. That's the part that I think sometimes gets left out of the conversation is Mm. healthy boundaries are both firm, but also flexible when they need to be. And that's a little bit more complex. And we can, we help clients with that. Absolutely. And I think it's the same thing with a value system that what is important to you, but maybe how you are staying true to those values can be very flexible. Yes. Like your vision of yourself, like it, you really, it's just, it's such a delicate dance. Do you guys have any, are there any new offerings that are coming out? I know you actually just had, you've been like putting out new stuff all the time, but anything that we need to be on the lookout for or that we can be thinking about? Yeah. So we did what started out as a one-time class called 10 Secrets of Confident oh New Parents. Oh my God. So good. You guys. So good. Oh, it was really, it was fun. Ooh. We did a live Zoom workshop, and we shared the 10 things that either get left out of the conversation or parents forget to tell, experienced parents forget to tell expecting parents, or things that people just don't think to share with you. And so we had these 10 secrets that help you become more confident. And it was really popular. We got some amazing, wonderful, positive feedback from the folks who attended that afternoon. So we are working on a similar offering that will be self-paced. I will say oh, that much love it. Love it. Be- because again, everything that we do and we offer can supplement what you're already doing. So let's say you're taking a childbirth class. Maybe you're taking my feeding class. Maybe you're working through our postpartum planning toolkit. This would be something that would like supplement that and tell you all the things that 
you'll never, you won't hear in any of those other places. So that is a self-guided class. And next thing we have in the works that we are very excited about, because again, we needed that and it absolutely. Didn't exist, so we made it. And a new gift listeners. If you have pregnant friends, that is a new thing that you can gift to your friends soon coming out. In addition to all the other wonderful offerings that you can yes. also gift them. So if you were, As if you, you are thinking about having a baby, if you are a parent, if you are a support person, like a care provider or just a loved one, maybe your friends are starting to have babies. I would just encourage people to follow us at Sister Support on social media. Facebook and Instagram is where we're most active. And just take a look at the information that we share. Again, it's all research-based, very data-driven. We are inclusive and we just share a lot of things there for free that we also share with our clients. So that would be the first place that I would look and you can send your posts and posts to your friends and subtly <laughs> give hints yeah. to your partner. All of mm-hmm. those good things. Yeah. If you're looking for some woke nerds, look no further. <laughs> okay. Speaking of, I cannot wait to hear my favorite question for everyone who candy Bearcat Donovan tell us who is your celebrity crush? My celebrity crush. I know. Oh, that's a really, that's a really good one. You can I also mean- add Tiffany's also on the table. Oh, we're, we're eighties babies. So I would say that all of those late eighties, early nineties, some of those like celebrities that we all love, we probably would fit into those categories. I will say my first celebrity crush, may he rest in peace, Mr. Dirty Dancing himself, Uh, Patrick Swayze. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about just like, he was, first of all, he was groundbreaking, right? Groundbreaking male ballerina, cutie patootie. And fun fact, Dirty Dancing was filmed here in Virginia, Mountain Lake Resort. So you can actually go and visit. But yeah, my parents actually recorded a VHS of Dirty Dancing for me and then edited out a lot of it so that I could watch it as a child. So I, there was there that's, a whole that's parenting that I did not even know existed in that movie until I was older and saw the real thing. But I had such a crush on him. Oh my gosh. What about Rob Lowe? Is that also, is he part of that? Just where they don't make celebrities. I feel like anymore, like they did back then, there mm-hmm. were so many men and women who I look back and I just think, oh, star power. Yeah, absolutely. And like good people. Like we look at Patrick Swayze, like oh, he was a good man, person. such a he good was- man. He was a good man. And I think he would, in a world today that has pushed back against toxic masculinity, I think he would fit in really well in our 2022 culture. I think he was spouting a really amazing wisdom and probably had done really good things. So I think he would say birthing person instead of mom. I think, I think he'd be right there. He'd be on the front lines. Absolutely. Oh, Candy. Okay. Anything else you need to share? We know where to find you. Thank goodness. Mostly Instagram and Facebook in terms of those socials. And yeah, always providing, they're providing free value every five seconds, basically. And there's so much to go back and look at because they have been doing this since late 2019. So there's so much to look at. Anything else that you want to share with us before we sign off from this hour of bliss? I would just say that if you want positive and encouraging, realistic, judgment-free, but encouraging support that we are your girls. So we want to be that sister for other people like we were for each other. So I'm really excited to maybe meet some of the people that are listening today, reach out to us via DM, send us an email. And even if we can't help you ourselves, we will connect you to the people that we can, the people that can help you. So even if we can't help you ourselves, we will connect you to the people who can. So we look forward to hearing from you. 
Absolutely. And again, a big congrats to Tiffany. I can't imagine how, what a wonderful outlet it will be for her to share about her experience with your clients, with your followers, as you guys have prepared so much for the second sweet baby daughter. Thank you so much for taking this time. This so fun. Thank you for doing this podcast series. You guys, you're incredible. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. Same to you. And when you have new offerings, please come back on. We will. All right. Bye. Have a great afternoon, Candy. Bye. Thank you. If you like this podcast, please download, share, and review so that we can continue to share our mission more widely and support even more women and women-owned businesses on their wellness journey and self-care journey. You can also find us at www.orthopelvicpt.com, on Instagram and YouTube at orthopelvicpt, and on TikTok at orthopelvicpt1. At orthopelvicpt, we are primarily pelvic health therapists that practice treating hip pain, low back pain, leakage, postpartum, pregnancy, pubic symphysis dysfunction, prolapse, tailbone pain, and the list goes on and on. Whether you are struggling with acute pain or chronic issues, we would love to chat with you and recommend the next steps of just giving us a call and we'd love to chat today. Thank you.